Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release from Dr. Gorkom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out important news. With us today, glad to have him back again, Rob Edwards, CEO of Affinity Metals, the company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol AFF. Now, for those of you who are new to the company, uh, let me tell you why they're so exciting. They control the Regal property, an incredible asset in British Columbia that has a history, and that's what I love about it, a history of polymetallic production and hosts several past producing small scale historic mines. So this is definitely a great, pro a great project to have. Uh, most people are unaware of it, but they're slowly finding out because the company has been putting out uh, some great news. In fact, something from the past, a complete uh, feasibility review of the Regal included a reserve report, mine plan, uh, and a mill plan that was developed back in 1971 to put it into production at $1.75 an ounce silver. Uh, and you can imagine what that looks like today based on current silver prices, but it needs to be updated to current 43101. That's what the company's doing. That's what we're here to talk about because there's some great results. Rob, welcome back. Thanks, George. Glad to be here as always. Well, we have you back, not just because, you know, you got a fantastic, you got the best chair in the industry, but we have you back because you're putting out great news. And the headline I'm going to read here is this. Affinity Metals reports drill results for Regal Project with a new silver discovery of 11 meters, about 140 grams a ton of silver. Your, uh, your quote says your expectations were that you'd show some strong mineralization, uh, but this is, you know, obviously something you weren't expecting, truly exciting. In layman's terms, how good were these results? Really, really pleased, George. This is something that everybody in exploration has looked at the core as it comes out of the ground and thinks that there's some good things in it and that uh, you're optimistic about your chances of finding some good mineralization when you see the kind of rock that you see when you log that core, uh, when you put it into the boxes and you say, well, let's hope this is something. The drill results that came out really verified our, our hope and, and uh, aspiration that that core had something in it and it was better than expected. We, we knew it was gonna be good, but to see those kind of grades in the core, uh, I mean, that's what you hope for. This is what the, this, this business is all about, really. More than just feeling great about this, you have some numbers to back it up. There are two components of the results you put out. You had some uh, high-grade intercepts. Maybe we talk about a couple of highlight ones there. And you also had a significant new discovery in drill hole number 10 that gave you about 11 meters, just over 11 meters of 143 grams per ton of silver. Let's talk about some of those highlight intercepts because there are some big numbers there. Yeah, there is. There is. In fact, I want to talk about one of them. You know, Alco was the Alco was an area with past production, and we talked a little bit about that. You know, when they when those guys were in there mining previously, they came up with, and I just want to look at notes because I don't want to get these numbers wrong. But yeah, because they're big. They're big, exactly. 
So Alco operated from 1936 to 1937 and it produced 213 metric tons of concentrate. And in those numbers, it had 11 troy ounces of gold at 1.55 grams per ton, 11,211 troy ounces of silver, and that was at 1,637 grams per ton. And then they had 173,000 pounds of lead. So that's the kind of thing they were bringing out historically and why we were tar targeting the Alco. One of the one of the drill holes that I want to talk about specifically, and again, I'm going to look at my notes because I want to make sure those numbers are accurate, and they are big again. So we had a drill hole that had a 0.55 meter interval of 2,612 grams per ton silver, and that, there were that, a few. That's of those, just unbelievable. It is, and there were a few of those. That was the highest one, but there were a few of those that were like those previous Alco. Uh, grades that we saw in their past production mining. So to see those kind of numbers in the core, George, is really exciting. Something we've got to follow up on and uh, gives us again the vast mineralization that we're seeing on this property and how, how much it's there. And as a layman, you know, intercepts like that, you know, are those are those just, you know, fluke one off and, you know, they're just kind of outliers and they pop in there once in a while. Is that common? Or the, do those kind of intercepts, because that's a massive number, actually yeah. really, really mean something and point, point towards something better? Well, it shows that there's so much mineralization on this property. That's really what it shows. And do you get those kind of in, those numbers in the core? I haven't seen them very often. In fact, I think you'd be hard pressed to find, you know, right. a company that has a lot of those. That's, a, that's an anomaly in and of itself that we find that in the drill core. We've seen it in the grab samples, but again, those are biased. We see it on the surface, we chip it off, we know it's gonna be good. Uh, but this points to some yeah. more random sampling of what's on this property. And so to see that high grade vein, it has to be big enough to matter and 0.55 isn't yet, but it shows how much is there. I think what really makes us excited about this is when you look at that same drill hole, George, you can see that there's a that, that 0.55 was part of an overall 11 meter area. And that's really what's exciting about that drill hole and about the results that we came up with. And that's yeah. drill hole number 10, right? 11 meters. 10. Uh, and I'm going to read here, make sure I get the 11.1 meters of 143.29 grams per ton of silver. So this isn't just, you know, that, that hole wasn't just, ah, you know, an anomaly came out of nowhere. Who knows what it was. Right. You know, some might have buried a silver, a silver coin there 50 years ago. We just, it, we just Not drilled that. through it. This, there, there's some, there's, there's something to this. That's right. This is a this is a part of a brecciated zone. It's 11 meters wide with we, what we hit with the the drill. We don't know the true width of it based on angles and all those kinds of things. It's an initial discovery hole, but we know that there's something big enough that it could be something bigger. When you see that kind of brecciation in that range, that that length of a of an intercept, you know that there's something bigger going on in that. And to see that average out at that you know over 100 grams per ton in that wide of an interval, that's something that changes our thought process about going after this area again and seeing how wide it actually is, seeing how deep it goes and how much it extends up on strike. So we're really excited about making sure that we put some more drill holes in this and it's changed what we wanna do with our, with our exploration program a little bit because of those results and because they're so good. And that's really an advantage too of, it was like you're taking shots in the dark, right? If you, the property's hosted several past producing, small scale historic mines. How big of an advantage is that to you, uh, to the company today, especially when, you know, we're in 
an environment where you can't necessarily count on financing all the time to come through. And when you've got something like this to rely on that rather than taking shots in the dark, uh, how, you know, how big of an advantage is to not be going just on theory, but actually have, you know, breadcrumbs from the past. Yeah, th this property, as, as we've talked about before, George, is in the Kootenai Arc region in British Columbia. It's in that southeastern corner of BC, and it's hev heavily mineralized area. There's uh, past production, current projects that are in play right now and that are being followed up on. There's actual 43101 resources in the area, not on our property, but around us. Uh, so the area itself is really heavily mineralized, and we knew that when we acquired the property. What's nice is that we also have, as you pointed out, we have several places on our property that have, have past production. In fact, you referenced it in the start, the Regal mine, which was mined early on and, and then followed up on with a report in 1971, that area actually has a pre-43101 resource on it. And so we knew some of these areas were good, but again, this area, you know, there's three major areas that have past production on it. So to follow up on those initially was our plan as far as drilling goes, and that's paid off. Um, we have some information since we've been on the property. We have soil anomalies, all the faulting we followed up on. The geology that we know more about now on the property has led us to different areas as well. But these were the initial areas that we thought, you know what, there's, there's smoke here. There's something that they've taken out. Let's follow up on it and see what they were doing. There's really been no drill holes on this property. I, actually, I shouldn't say that. There's one drill hole that we think we found in a report, but really no information about it. And so as far as drilling goes, this is really the first time this property has been drilled substantially. And it was a small program at that, but we had a place to start. And that really makes a difference because if we were just looking off of geophysics, if we were just looking off of you know, surface expressions, um, it makes it difficult and you're kind of shooting in the dark. But you know, it saves on money. We have an opportunity now right. where you know, our, share, our share structure is low as far as the number of shares outstanding, and we hope to keep it that way. And ultimately, that's what it means to investors. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to poke around and try and find an area that we want to go after. We have these areas already, already pointed out. We can save substantial money and costs and, and ultimately dilution to a shareholder uh, by following up on the areas we already know about and that have been mined. So let's talk about the 2020 program because it's going to uh, it's going to target not only the new silver discovery, uh, but more importantly, a lot of people you know still don't know uh, are the two very large anomalies that you that you identified by geophysics uh, yeah. that might be you know the core deposits for everything everything here. So talk to us about the 2020 program and when it's uh, you know when when you really get going and and what you what do you expect to come out of it? Sure. Well, the 2020 program will now be adjusted a little bit based on these great results, obviously, George. I mean, we're going to follow up on what we found here. That zone is big enough that it could be something all on its own. And really, it's separate and apart from these big anomalies that you're referring to. And I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but our drill program now will have some follow-up drill holes on this area. We expect that uh, two things. One, the hole that we found this area in it really ended at the bottom of the hole. So it could go deeper. We don't know that for sure. We were just doing some testing of the contacts in the, and the geology in that area. So we will go a little deeper and see if that is a wider zone than we think. And we'll also extend uh, outwards to see how far this goes. I mean, at 11 meters and, and we're seeing, you know, it's blind from the surface, 
but to have that big of a zone there, uh, that kind of width, we expect to find more as we step out. So those will be the areas that we focus on in 2020, specific to what this drill program told us from 2019. Going forward, uh, we've spoke before about the geophysics that have been done on the property. We acquired this property a couple years ago and have been following up on it through the soil anomalies, the faulting, you know, really getting a feel for the geology of it. And while we were doing that, we also had, sorry, before I go there, we also had a ZTEM that was done by a previous operator on this property in 2011. It identified some very big targets, but as many exploration companies know, you know, the, the geophysics can sometimes be just that, some nice pretty pictures with some, you know, reds and, 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 uh, and blues and highs and lows, and uh, you, you want to follow up on those, but they also have cost companies a lot of money and oh, yeah. not found a lot. So, so we were hesitant to go directly after those targets uh, as they showed up on the ZTEM. What gave us more confidence as we went through the geology again, finding the faults and you know soil anomalies and all of the surface expressions, was that when we were doing that, we came across a, a, another and did another um, geophysics survey that used acoustics. And that gave us some further information based on what it was seeing. And it really validated the targets that the ZTEM showed. In fact, it was almost like you know, if you will, the yolk in the middle of the egg. When we, when we correlated those two targets, they showed some very strong correlation between the two. And in fact, you know, bullseye or yolk in the middle of the egg, whatever you want to call that. So now we have two geophysics targets that are, are geophysics surveys that are identifying targets that we should go after. So, and, and they're massive, George. They're, they're not related to what we found over here, but they're massive, 2.3 kilometers by 2.5 kilometers. It's a silver lead zinc, has some tin in it, uh, tungsten. Those are the areas that were previously mined between those two areas that we drilled, and we're going to go after that big target. So, in fact, you may think you think you think it may be the core deposit associated with all the surrounding mineralization. That that's 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 possible. It is possible. It's it's so big that you know there's so much mineralization on this property as we continue to to explore it. It has to be coming from somewhere and. The fact that these two separate independent geophysics surveys are pointing to one very large anomaly. And one of the geophysicists is saying that the, it correlates so well with both the signature, the size, all of those things with the Sullivan mine down in, in Kimberly, BC. And to hear those words from someone else independent really gives us some excitement and, uh, and encouragement as far as finding what generated all of this mineralization we're seeing on the property. Yeah, that's one heck of a comparison for everyone. I mean, maybe maybe 20 seconds tell people, you know, what the significance is of the Sullivan mine at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've talked about it before, but it's worth repeating for sure. Everybody's looking for another Sullivan mine. It was a mine that was operated by tech and it operated for approximately a hundred years and had $50 billion worth of ore pulled out of that mine. And uh, that was some by signature. What I'm saying there is that it was compares very well in that the kind of metals pulled out of there are very similar. We had the same silver, lead, zinc, and actually one of the one of the corresponding uh, signatures is tin as well. And we're seeing lots of tin in uh, the the assays that we're seeing both in the drill core and in our grab samples. So it's exciting to to make those comparisons. And hopefully that proves up to be an anomaly that uh, shares all of that that we're seeing 
from those geophysics surveys and from the drill core and from our grab samples. So it's uh, it's not an understatement to say that you guys must be incre- must be re- really anxious about what could be coming uh, with the 2020 exploration program. Wh- when does it begin? And when do you think uh, results will slowly start coming out? You'll give us an indication of the, the, the size of this. Well, uh, we want to wait. We want to wait until the snow goes. Obviously, that's that's in an area that has higher elevation. It's decent logistics. We have roads into the property to make sure that we can get in there. Uh, we do have some helicopter support, so all of that is going to play into the timing of when we can go in there. We're expecting the end of June, first part of July, for us to be able to drill those massive targets. Um, the nice thing is, is we've been in there before. We know what to expect. In fact, the drill pad that we uh, drilled this particular intersection off of is still there. Uh, and we'll be able to have that back up and running you know, very soon uh, in, the, in the season and be able to start extending those drill holes to test that target. So right there, we have a, a jump over last year to be able to get in a little bit earlier, should we be able to do that. How long do you think the program will run for? So it looks like uh, you're gonna, somewhere around the end of June, you're saying, uh, yeah, how long, how long it, does it, it run for? Yeah, it could reach into the, you know, probably the end of August by the time we're done there. We want to drill, uh, we'll be drilling two holes on the major anomaly that we talked about just recently that's compared to the Sullivan mine. Those will be 750 meter holes. We actually haven't talked about another anomaly that is very large as well. It has a gold signature up on the uh, southwestern side of the property. And you got to remember that this is such a huge property, George. it's, it's 8,800 hectares, and yet we've narrowed it down to three real areas that have extreme potential. One that because yeah, big, big sometimes works against you, right? That's right. That's, that's, right. that's where you go bankrupt because you're, tr- you're looking all over the place. You've really got to have your that's targets. Right. Level of yeah. confidence, Rob, it seems like you guys have a really high level of confidence here that you're going to find. If, would I be misstating it if I said it's not a question of – the only question is – the degree of success. So it sounds like you guys are setting yourself up for, for some level of success. Uh, the only the only question that's open now is degree. Am I oversimplifying that? No, I don't think so. I mean, the, the intercept that came out of the, the 2019 drill program, that really de-risked the whole thing. That's something worth following up on it in and of itself. So the fact that we've got that already identified on the property and two major, 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 and I say that three times because they're so big, it's almost hard to believe sometimes, but that size of that anomaly to follow up on as well, we don't know what's gonna come out of that, but to have two independent geophysics targets identified by those two independent surveys, you know, I don't know how you get any better, George. I mean, we, we really have identified the, the potential of the property without spending the millions of dollars that it normally takes on a property this size to narrow down on targets. Yeah, I gotta admit, uh, you, don't have, uh, you don't have a ton of stock outstanding, you're not right. diluting shareholders, raising every, just taking, so that's, that's what's really explosive about this, why I really love what, what you guys are up to. Last yeah. question for you, this is more uh, just you know, uh, out of the box, but 50, you know, 1971 was when the, plan, when the plan was unveiled for the Regal Silver Mine. Sure. Uh, but naturally that needs to be updated to a current 4301. Um, 
50-year anniversary is going to be 2021. You know, do you, is, it, is it possible that you have an updated 40, a 43-101 by then? You know, that's not, interestingly enough, George, as good as that is to have that pre-43-101 resource there, that's not our priority target for this year. So maybe, you know, I mean, maybe that becomes down to it, but we're liking some of these areas that like the ALCO, like this drill interception, we're, we're liking some of those areas and the potential that they have to be something bigger than what the actual vein SEDEX system is down with the pre-43-101. You know, we have two targets, the, the, the pre-43-101 resource and the ALCO area where we got that 11 meter drill intercept. Both of those in and of themselves make this property extremely exciting. So in and of itself, those are good targets. But we also have these major targets and that's really our focus is to go after what created all this mineralization. We could have the next Sullivan mine there based on what our geophysicist is telling us, based on the comparisons, based on the faulting that's around us, all the geology, the soil anomalies, um, the past production, it just all points to something bigger than those two areas. So while they're good, we're going after the really big targets. And that's what we think will really show and shine come in this coming year. Well, Rob, let's move to congratulations on, you know, on this news. And it looks like we're going we're gonna to be spending some time together in the summer, that's for sure. Uh, with drilling starting and going right through to August and uh, and there's going to be a lot to talk about. So we yeah. wish you, have, have you guys set the targets by the way? Have they, are they all set to go? Are you guys doing your analysis now and then, and then you'll, and then you'll set your targets? We have some, uh, we have a little bit more analysis to do, but on the big targets, we pretty much have them pinpointed exactly. We know exactly where the pad's going nice. to go. We know exactly where the drill hole, what tar what azimuths, what dips, how, what, what depths. So all of those things are pretty much set in stone already. Well, we might tweak them a little bit as we get out there. Uh, the follow up on the 11 meter intercept that we, we have the pad built. We'll build two other ones potentially to extend the, 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 how they go up slope and, and uh, how, how long those intercepts might exist. But from that point of view, um, we've got everything pretty much ready, George. We're, we just need a little more on the financing end, but we expect, with all the potential that we have, that we'll uh, we'll have that figured out here shortly as well. Well, we're only a couple of months away from you know. Here we are, uh, well past. You know, we're going to the last few days of April, so we're yeah. not long, we're not far away from uh, from you guys firing up the drilling. And I'm really looking forward to it uh, with great anticipation because I can kind of see the confidence in your voice. You know, the confidence in your face tells me that uh, you guys are feeling good going into this, and that's I'm that's sure great are. news for everybody watching. Well, I can tell you, it'll be so nice to get out into the field away from our uh, current worries of uh, the COVID virus and all the things around us. It'll be a nice breath of fresh air. We're looking so forward to getting out in the field. Yeah, I feel I, I'm jealous. That's 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 great. That's great. Hey, thanks for joining us, Rob. Uh, congratulations again to you and the team, and uh, and look forward to having you back in a in a, at the very most a couple of months, but maybe even sooner because you never you never know what else you guys are coming up with between now and then. Yeah, no, we, we look forward to it. It's always good to be on, George, and nice to, thanks for having me on to, to share the results and talk a little bit about them and give people a little more insight into them. Appreciate that. You've been watching Rob Edwards. He's CEO of Affinity Metals, trades on the Venture Exchange of the stock symbol AFF. Now, for everybody at home who's been watching or if you're listening via podcast, look, we've all got extra time on our hands now. There's only so much Netflix 
you can do. There's only so much social media scrolling you could do. So I've been telling small cap investors, this is the time to do great due diligence. And you've heard what Rob's had to say and you've and potentially even watched what Rob had to say. So now it's back to you. Get to Agoracom, go into the Affinity Metals Hub. Take a look at the profile section. Watch this interview again. Watch the last interview, the last couple of interviews, one with Rob, one with Ronnie that we've done. Really get a good feel for all this, right? Jump over to the company's website, get a better understanding uh, and, and ask any questions you want inside the forum there because that's what it's there for. It's a moderated forum for you to ask questions and get your answers because anytime uh, a company gives you that level of transparency and access, that spells confidence. Doesn't guarantee anything, but you know, that level of transparency and access uh, equals confidence, and that's what you want to see in small cap companies. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, stay safe. See you soon.